I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Now you're very welcome along to the Huddle Breakdown and it is Derby Week. Celtic take on Rangers this Saturday at half 12 with a chance to extend their lead at the top of the table to 12 points should they win at Celtic Park this weekend. We're going to be looking ahead to that game on today's show. And to do that, I'm joined by Jocko James and Alan Morrison. Hey, guys. Happy pre-Easter to everybody. Lily weekend, I believe it is. That's going to be lead to some fun TIFOs before the game, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> There's no real uh, strong Irish link between Easter weekend. You know, nothing nothing major happened in, in, in Ireland over the, <laughs> the Easter weekend at any point oh, that could lead to... Where are we going, Andy? Where are we going? Stop. Already? <laughs> Already with this? You're, you're getting so political, you'll get invited to join the Green Brigade, Ando. <laughs> One can only dream, man. One can only dream. One can only dream to reach those heights. Yeah. Look, it's it's a it's a massive weekend. The more I think about this game, the more significant it becomes in my head. Because I mean, this is sort of a swing weekend. Uh, if you're to use sort of an American analogy, this could go hey, one or watch, one of two watch ways. That, watch that comment. I have my porn stash going here. So don't be using the word Ooh. swing around me. <laughs> really? That's not that's not that's not where I was going with it. But, I think you should be concentrating on the show, James. I mean, I know you've got all these screens going and you've got your stocks and shares on one, but having porn on the go whilst you're doing, you know, huddle break, like that's, <laughs> it's breaking new ground. That. <laughs> well, just just mind the reflection in your glasses because sometimes, wow. you know, we can actually see. Oh, that's true. Oh, my goodness. I hadn't thought yeah. of that. <laughs> but seriously, true, true this me, is true, true media professional. There, <laughs> yeah, th- this is a this is a huge weekend because it could go either Celtic win the match, they go twelve points clear at the top of the table, essentially killing any title hopes for Rangers, and then that would also be one trophy in the bag for Celtic, essentially a second trophy in the bag for Celtic, and then a third potentially on the way, having killed off Rangers in the the title race as well, or or. It could go the other way. If Celtic lose, it's six points. It gets a little bit hairy for the last couple of weeks, and there's two major, more uh, two more major games coming up against Rangers to finish off the season. So, James, I'll put I'll put it to you this way: Which one would you rather? I think I'd rather the prior. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, it, it's I I actually agree with you that from a. Um, from a pure like arithmetic probability perspective, I don't think this game should really mean that much. Meaning that with a nine point gap, um, you know, Celtics relative uh, domestic dominance this season, you know, the, the, the backdrop is one of, well, you know, it's always a big game, but is it all that consequential? And I, I actually think it, it, it could be very consequential as a uh, kind of a harbinger, and I, I talked to weeks ago prior to the, the Cups uh, final about how we don't have that many games left until the Champions League group against, um, you know, decent level competition. And um, I think this is th- this is actually a very key test for 
Michael Beal, I think. And we talked about how much we thought his um, decision-making and performance in the cup final was lacking. And um, so I think this is, you know, a, a big litmus test for him. And, and I think it, uh, you know, can go many ways, but um, cause obviously it takes two to tango <laughs> and, and I, we've talked about endlessly how consistent and we kind of know what we're getting with Ange and we know what we're getting with his version of Celtic at this point. Uh, it's incredibly consistent and, and predictable in certain ways. Um, so I, I think, you know, when you, when, when you're looking at the other party in the tango, I, I think there's a lot that we might learn um, from, from this performance, not only for the potential. And again, the league is, you know, it, it might make you incrementally more nervous if, if they get a result or uh, heaven forbid win. Um, but I think it's more so heading into next season, what it might suggest uh, potentially as, as, you know, maybe, maybe a closer uh, challenge and, and hi- higher hurdle than, the the beginning part of the season might otherwise indicate a few comments already coming in on the youtube stream keep them coming for the extent and we'll try to get to some of the questions and points before the end of the podcast and be sure to like the video as well while you're there because that helps more people see it helps it pop up on more people's pages so alan you know if you didn't have access to the fixture lists or you didn't really pay attention to football apps in any way how do you tell that there's a derby match coming up um, in terms of mainstream media? I think if you look on the if you look on the Daily Record website, I think it would be fairly obvious that there's a significant match coming up because the coverage has been let's call it interesting up until now. Yeah, what was it? Tr- trusted cash bush source or something format? That was just that was my favourite. This is this is to describe having to pump capital into a club partway through the season by issuing new shares. It's a trusted cash boost. So, listen, I mean, you know, it's just never-ending, right? It's just never-ending. Although, you know, there's a lot going on there, clearly, with, you know, Douglas Park leaving. Um, Dave King's wee pal was in the press yesterday uh, saying that, you know, they're they're, they're not good enough to go to Parkhead and win. That's all internal politics over there, I think. And none none of this is aimed at us anyway. Uh, none of the, the pitch that's in the Daily Record or any of those papers has aimed at, has aimed at Celtic supporters. It's all feel good stuff for 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 you know for, for, for over the road there. So you just you just got to ignore it. I mean, it's, it's, I, I like it because it's just fun to take take the piss out of. Break basically, you know, and you just wonder to how far they will go in in in, in generating ridiculous feel good nonsense to help soothe you know, those those that are perhaps in need of soothing. So, yeah, it's all good knockabout stuff, really. Uh, but there, there was an interesting one today um, about, you know, Conor Goldson. Conor Goldson, um, you know, he's maybe learned a thing from his manager in the sense of just not knowing when to stop talking. <laughs> and he was going on about how he feels that they're back, they're back to square one as regards, in comparison to they built a title-winning team, they also did well in Europe, etc., uh, but but you know the club hasn't pushed on and now they're back to square one. I mean that's an extraordinary thing to say, really, uh, from a senior pr- player a few days before a big game because that really does suggest that they don't feel they're they're good enough to go and challenge Celtic because they obviously feel they're in a position uh, similar to where they were before they felt they could they could actually challenge Celtic for the title. So there's a lot of negativity there. Uh, we already know that their captain 
thinks that they don't handle the pressure well. I mean, if they don't if they don't handle the pressure of playing in front of their own fans, how are they going <laughs> to how are they going to handle the pressure of playing in front of sixty thousand Celtic fans? So you know, this is this isn't a group of players that he's traditionally uh, handled that kind of pressure well. Um, and I think what we learned from the League Cup final was that you know, as much as I think Bill set his team up badly. Um, what, the reason that Celtic got success and the reason that they scored goals was really basic failings, uh, especially in their midfield, where they just didn't track back. They didn't put either the effort or the commitment in to just do the basics and track runners. And, you know, you've got a team there with a number, you know, up to 10 pros that are going to be out of contract in the summer. Um, how do you rouse them to, uh, to, you know, to give absolutely everything and to, you know, to risk breaking bones, to risk pulling hamstrings? Uh, for for a, for a team that uh, you know the senior players are saying they think is regressed, and you know you're, you're going to be looking for a new contract in the summer. It's a really tricky one in terms of how do you how do you, how do you get the best out of that group of players? Yeah, there's plenty of narratives going into this game for sure. Just before we get into the actual preview of it. The head-to-head stats this season for Celtic against Rangers, the last three games, Celtic 2-1 in the League Cup final, Rangers 2-2, that was the game that you'll remember that some players had a bug going into, and then Celtic 4-0 at home against Rangers. On current form, Celtic are on a 15-game winning streak, and Rangers have not been beaten, except for by Celtic in the final of the League Cup since November. So both teams going into this in pretty good form, it has to be said. Some injury updates as well before we get into the preview is that it looks like Aaron Moy might be available for this game. He was filmed in training for the full uh, amount of the training, so it looks like he could be up to full fitness, whether he's you know match fit to the extent of starting this game. It's still to be confirmed. Hitati is a doubt for this game um, in midfield as well. And now Greg Taylor is also a doubt as well. He wasn't actually at the training at all, so it looks like he potentially could be missing for this game, which would be uh, a start for Alexandro Burnaby because it won't be a sort of situation where we put someone on the left side of the defence like uh, Ralston because Ralston is also out injured for this game as well. So it will be Burnaby likely starting in this game. And I guess that's the best way to kick off the preview of this game is that was he ready for this sort of game? Is he disciplined enough for this sort of game? Because if you think about where Rangers try to attack, it's generally down that right-hand side. That's where they get a lot of good um, movement. You know, Ryan Kent does often play on the left-hand side. But outside of that, definitely against Celtic, they've tried to exploit the left-hand side of the defence. So, James, is Bernabe disciplined enough to begin with? We're going to find out, aren't we? Probably, it looks like. Um yeah, I mentioned that Taylor was the guy I didn't want to see get um, uh, missed last week outside of Kyogo. And uh, so I apologize to the the gods uh, having uh, jinxed things, apparently, potentially. Um, yeah, so I that that his this goes back to looking at Bernabe in Argentina. Uh, he's a young guy. Um, it was evident in just watching you know, some Y scout videos that, uh, and I had commented on it even back then that, uh, his, you know, when you kind of do a SWOT analysis of, uh, you know, strengths, weaknesses, um, of, of 
what what kind of talent he has and how he plays is that that positional uh, discipline and awareness in defending seemed to be a relative weakness and that his big strengths were on the ball attacking and final third chance creation we saw you know a heck of a goal last week or this week I get well no last week technically um so I, I think so far he's kind of matched that um uh, strength and weakness and um you know this is the kind of game that's going to stress that that weakness and hopefully he's been improving hopefully um you know he's going to have uh some some experienced um senior players around him that can ho- hopefully walk him through it but uh yeah it, it's in these kind of games given the higher level of the opponent and the athleticism and the speed we can get more into that um about what rangers might be up to because I, I wrote a piece on that this week is you know th- this is the kind of situation where if you're three four steps out of position you know and we, we even saw that with taylor last game getting caught out a little bit and you know uh sakala getting in behind him uh so the rangers have some speed wa- out wide to be able to um give some problems so yeah it's it's going to be a big test does it depend on the midfield combo as much as Bernabe himself here, Alan? Because I, I guess with Rio Hotate out injured or potentially missing from this game, he usually plays on the, the left-hand side of the midfield three with McGregor as the sixth. But we saw a change from Ange at the weekend and it didn't really work all that well against who Celtic were playing against. But could the midfield that Celtic played at the weekend work this weekend? So for people who missed the game or missed the lineup, Celtic started with Tomoki Awata, Cal McGregor, and Matt O'Reilly in midfield. And it wasn't so much a McGregor in a six role or an eight role or a Wata. It was sort of them going in between that role, both when it suited and when it didn't suit. So... Can we see, do we think that's sort of Ange testing the waters for this game? Yeah, so I think this, based on the last game, there's two areas of big concern for me. One is obviously, uh, you know, the left-hand side of the defence and the other is central midfield. So, you know, to start with the midfield then to that question. So Celtic started that game with um, Iwata really as the holding player and McGregor pushed on as, as an eight with O'Reilly. And, 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 it, it, you know, in many ways, actually, that game on Sunday was Celtic's worst performance of the season, and one of the reasons for that was just that the midfield really didn't function at all. I'm, I'm kind of firmly of the view that you know McGregor is so good now at this six position, this ability to you know dictate tempo, as they say, you know, to 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 really time his passes, to even to, to run from deep. He's so good at that now. I think you know he has to play in that position. Um, he, 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 I don't think he's effective as an eight. I don't think his he really uses the ball uh, quick enough. I don't think his shooting's good enough. His technical abilities in that regard, um, he just doesn't give you enough in that final third. He, he, he gave virtually nothing uh, to the team in that final third on on Sunday. And in fact, it was only when McGregor and Iwata swapped around about the hour mark that Celtic started to get control of the game um, because they'd lost the complete control of the game for the first 15 minutes of the second half um, in, in quite an alarming way, actually. Um, and once they swapped Iwata and Iwata pushed on and McGregor sat back in his normal position, Celtic 
got control of the game and, and recovered recovered that. So I don't want to see that midfield again. No, um, I, I don't mind if it's as long as McGregor's playing in that six role. The other compounding factor for why the midfield doesn't function is just that, you know Matt O'Reilly is so out of form. It's just you know it's, if you kind of feel a bit sorry for him, really, he's just so out of touch especially in the attacking third as well. So that was a huge problem for Celtic on, 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 on Sunday. Um, and then the other the other issue we had was on the left-hand side of defence. I mean, Carl Starfelt's performance was possibly the worst I've ever seen and certainly the worst data I've ever collected for a defender in any game in eight years. It was absolutely horrendous. I mean, you know, Jordan White just loves Carl Starfelt. I mean, Jordan White couldn't could, wasn't good enough to play for Falkirk, as I've said before. He absolutely loves playing against Carl Stauffer. You know, he won virtually every header against him. He bullied him all over the pitch. And then you've got, the, you know, the Starfelt mistakes. It was three big errors. So normally I benchmark on if a defender makes an average of 0.5, er, you know, personal errors per game. That's my kind of upper limit for what I think is good. So three three and three big ones in one game is is, a, is really bad. That crossfield ball that you looped into the air to Edwards at the beginning of the second half, you know, the guy ran into the box. He had the whole goal to shoot at. That was a great chance. And he, for him not to miss, for him to miss the target was just, you know, typical of Ross County, right? Ross County were absolutely fantastic off the ball. Their defence, their spacing, their organisation, their commitment, their, their pressing was absolutely on point. And of course, when they got the ball, you know, they just didn't have the quality to hurt hurt Celtic. But on another day against a better team, Celtic would have lost that game, uh, really. And you know. There's no game this season that Celtic have given the ball away in their own defensive third. Now, given that we've been to the Bernabeu, given that we've played you know, a really efficient pressing team in Leipzig, 21 times we gave the ball away in our own defensive third, and Starfelt was responsible for a quarter of those. Um, and and Bernabeu and, and Starfelt between them were responsible for uh, a third of them. Okay, I mean, you know, Bernabeu, to come to him, I thought, I, I, I like Bernabeu, I think he's got a lot of attributes that are to be admired. I think he's got a lot of tools that are going to be really useful for Celtic. But you know, he you know he was only on the on pitch twenty five minutes. He gave the ball away he gave the ball away twelve times from passes. Um you know it's not his it's not his positional player that worries me because I think he's got such excellent pace. His, his recovery speed is really good, which is what Taylor doesn't have. It's just he simply gives the ball away too often. He just simply makes bad passing decisions. That's his biggest weakness. And then you know, in terms of in terms of turnovers, I think it's I think it's top three this season for turnovers by the team. Um, you know, and of, of of twenty-one turnovers, you know, Starfelt was responsible for seven of them. Bernd Bay was responsible for four of them. Right. So if you, if you if you talk about you know toxic combinations, that is my oh boy, that is a toxic combination on that side in terms of you know just the risk of giving the ball away in, in poor positions, making poor. Decisions around you know when to challenge, when to not challenge, etc. So, yeah, that, that's that's a real worry for me. We need to we need to come up with a different midfield three configuration. And if we are going to play Burner Bay, it wouldn't make much sense to make another change and bring Kobayashi. And I don't think he'll do that. But I think that'll be too disruptive. If Taylor had been fit, I'd been I'd honestly would be, you know, lobbying to get Kobayashi in the team instead of Starfield. He was that bad on Sunday. It was just. Horrendous. Mm. Quite a number of people in the comments saying Kobayashi at left back is the better option, but I think the fact that Bernabe has played left back for Celtic more 
gives him the edge in starting. Although, I mean, Alistair Johnson came straight in and started in a Derby match, but he started in his natural position, not playing a position that he, he doesn't usually play or was brought in, not brought into play. I think as well as the defensive element of sort of, you know, Bernabe, I have this image in my head of Bernabe being flying up the pitch and then trying this smart pass that doesn't come off and there being a break coming on and not having a midfielder in that position to actually... Uh, to stop the break as much as that that worries me what i think celtic probably need to do is have the person whoever's playing left-sided midfield for celtic be the most comfortable on the half turn on the ball and in tight spaces and that for me is Aaron Moy. if he's if he's fit enough to start this game even if it's only for 60 minutes or so before awada comes on and has a little bit more control i think Aaron Moy gives burnaby and starfelt that option of okay, the longer pass is non or the dip, more difficult pass is non, I'll play it into Moy. Moy has the confidence and ability to take it with two, three Rangers players around him and also take it on the half turn and play a better, more creative pass. I think he is more in a system that way than the likes of Wata would be would have. I yeah, so I um all, everything you guys are talking about is why I'm I'm anxious going into this game, which really, you know, again, everything that we said, I said in my opening comments that this shouldn't be that kind of a game for me is feeling that way because of, you know, again, I always like to try and put myself in each team's shoes analytically going into a game, particularly these big Derby matches. And for the first time in a while, I feel like if I'm in Rangers shoes, I can identify very specific material weaknesses that I can go after. That isn't just lobbing the ball high and long into the defensive left. Um, and, and I think that's, again, where this chess match will be interesting. And, and um, what relates to this, uh, and I think it's a good time to segue into what, what I wrote this week, is because I did an analysis on it. So Rangers kind of set up a little differently against Dundee United. Um, and I, you know, I, I watch most of their games just to keep a, a sense of what they're doing. And um, basically, it, obviously these things are fluid, but on a, on a, on the margins, they had Kent and Tillman uh, nominally as the wingers in their four, three, three, but they were more inverted. So they were almost playing as dual tens behind the striker. Um, and to me, Again, if I'm in Rangers' shoes and I look at how Celtic are set up right now, where the relative strengths and weaknesses are, um, crowding the midfield and um, you know attacking through that channel uh, with their most athletic, dangerous two players in particular, I would argue going forward, um, that makes sense to me. Like I don't want to see it. I'm hoping that's that this was a, a, a thing that they did against Dundee United and it, it wasn't at all uh, in preparation for this weekend. Uh, but when I, when I looked at uh, the, 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 the game data and some maps and heat maps and stuff, it, it became pretty evident that there was a, 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 a difference there in how they've been playing, how they've been deploying those two players. Um, so again, if, if, if the, the Celtic standard kind of two, uh, three, five, you know, where you got the two center backs and then you got the two inverted fullbacks around McGregor or Wada. I agree with Alan. I'd prefer it to be McGregor. Um, 
and then you have the front five kind of zigzagged. You know, if you think about <laughs> crowding that midfield with effectively five, um, that that becomes an, an interesting matchup, particularly because if Bill has the availability of players and gets his selection better than he did uh, in the cup final, I think there's a pretty good case to be made that they would have the higher level of athleticism, meaning speed and, and quickness um, really of any mix that we have. I mean, it's either going to be Turnbull, Moy, or as Alan said, and it's, it's at this point, it, I, I agree with, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling bad about it now because he's so woefully out of form uh, O'Reilly and he was never the quickest guy to begin with. So, you know, one of those three is going to be in that mix um, and neither of Awada or McGregor are creative forces. Um, and with Fatate out, you know, uh, if you go with Turnbull, maybe he's a little bit more creative, but not that much. And again, you've got the athleticism deficit there. So it, it's a really worrisome mix um, if, if Rangers go with this kind of setup, I think, and selection. I mean, if they're with Cantwell, Raskin, um, Tillman, and who would the other eight be? either Camara or Jack, something like that, you know, um, that, that would be, a, I think a tougher matchup, but again, we're home. All of the things that Alan talked about the mentality and, and um, you know, whether they're switched on enough with any kind of confidence in that environment to, to take on that challenge is a huge question, but I, I certainly can see the components that would uh, give us a, a pretty tough challenge. Mm. There is the potential, too, that Greg Taylor and Hitate do make it to this game. Just because they weren't in training on Thursday doesn't mean they're not going to be available for the game on Saturday. There's a high chance that they could be in the gym or, you know, told not to be on camera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, we'll wait and see. The, in, in an ideal world, Celtic would have Greg Taylor available to start the game with Bernabe coming off the bench, as well as Rio Hitate starting the game with Moy or Iwata ready to come off the bench um, for at least 20, 30 minutes of the game to freshen it up in midfield. But I guess we won't know until we see the team sheets on Saturday. I think that'll be kept um, very tight. And leaks haven't tended to come out from Celtic this year, which is always a good sign. I always take that as a healthy dressing room does not have many leagues coming out of it. So, um, yeah, we'll wait and see on Greg Taylor and Rio Hattati. But, Alan, I wanted to ask you about Matt O'Reilly. It's impossible to know why this has happened. You know, it could be as simple as confidence is low. It could be um, things that are going on outside of football that we don't know about. But I, what? how is it manifesting itself? How is this bad form manifesting itself? What What is he doing now that, he hasn't really done for Celtic so, so far. Yeah, that's that. You know, I agree with you that you don't. We don't know what goes on, and you know, these are human beings with their own lives and so forth. You know, why why are you not performing as well? He's a young, he's a young young guy as well. He's a very thoughtful guy. Um, you know, somebody clearly thinks a lot about the game. So, you know, sometimes it's easier to recover form if you're perhaps not quite as thoughtful about things, you just kinda of crash on through. Um sometimes if you're a thoughtful kind of person you can you can kinda of get caught in a bit of a sort of mental sort of sloth with things. I don't know. We don't, we just don't know, right? So um you know I think there's aspects of this game that I think are still still there. I mean his ability to kind of win the ball back, his ability to anticipate in midfield, I think that's still there. I just think in the final third 
we're just not seeing, uh, you know, we're just not seeing really a, a lot of a lot of output uh, in terms of chances being created. You know, we know we know that he's he's got just the one goal this season. Um, you know, his relief when he actually finally did score, um, you know, was, was was obvious. Whether that's been weighing on his on his shoulders, I, I don't know. Um, so you know, it's it's, it's 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 difficult to say. But I mean, he's not it's not it's not like he's been a complete disaster. I mean, Matt O'Reilly not being in top form is still pretty good by by most people's standards. I mean, he has got um, over the last sort of um, ten games, he has got you know sort of five goals or assists in those games. So it's not it's not it's not disastrous. I don't think it's just not the the the, the really smart, intelligent, on it player that, that you know that we've kind of got through accustomed to. I mean, it, it did seem to me that. He was absolutely exceptional, I thought, when he moved back to the sixth role before when McGregor was injured. And and then it was like Moy emerged and it was almost like he wasn't the first pick anymore. So whether his confidence has taken a, a dent and, he, and he's a player that he needs to be, a bit like Rogic was, you know, he needs to be playing every week from the start to get into a rhythm, you know, a sort of mental and physical rhythm, really. Uh, he might be one of those players. And, and because of the way he's been used, possibly that rhythm, you know, hasn't, it hasn't manifest. So, uh, you know, listen, he's a player of, of huge, still huge ability and potential. So I don't have worries for him. Um, but I think, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking tactically, we're thinking what's going to happen on the next three days and what's the best configuration for that midfield. You know, and, and certainly Iwata on Sunday did nothing to deserve not, not getting a start <laughs> in the next game. I thought he was our best player actually on the, on the day. So, um, you know, and, and if Moyes fit a, mid, a midfield with 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 um, McGregor sitting, and then you know Moy in Iwata, it's probably the not most sort of creative or goal laden team. But I think one of the advantages that Celtic have got as a as a squad uh, over over the Rangers is the depth of creativity in the squad. Um, if you look at if you sort of plot expected goals and expected assists for both squads, their sort of number tens. Who you are really sort of Tillman, Cantwell, sort of classic ten type players, are no no more productive than Aaron Moy, who's more of a sort of central midfielder for us, yeah. And 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 we, you know we, if you look at the numbers that Haksabanovic, Abada, and Turnbull are just you know so much more um, productive, uh, looking at xG and expected assists than any of their sort of wingers or midfielders. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And there, and there, so I think for me, you know, the longer the game goes on and if it's tight, Celtic have just got so much more to bring off the bench. You know, to be able to bring on a, a player of the quality of Aksabanovic, a player as dangerous as, as Abada, you know, or as productive as Abada, and a player that can 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 score from anywhere like Turnbull, you know, you, you, that, those those are tools which they just simply don't have on their bench. And I think to me, that's the, that's the, the will potentially be the the game changer, even if it's a sticky game, and even if we're not we're not we're not creating a lot. I, th- I just think the longer the game goes on, and the more those options are used, that will be the way that we you know we we, we will be able to kind of turn the game. And I think it's important to talk about the position that both teams go into this game as and how that might affect the approach. Celtic are nine points clear at the top of the table here and at home. They don't need to do anything all that crazy. And in past games, in previous games against Rangers, when Rangers had to go for it, I mean, they they still couldn't beat Celtic when Celtic had the game with the bug and players out injured and Rangers were winning that game and they were at home. And I think all of this psychology does play a role in these games that Celtic will, the Celtic players I feel will go into this game thinking we're the better side. We've proven it now over the course of 18 months, over two seasons. Uh, We've proven that we don't cough up bleeds. And the longer this game goes on, the more likely we are to win it than they are to win it. So uh, not that they're going to approach it in a defensive way or, you know, a, parking the bus and hoping to get catch Rangers on the break. But James, I, I think it just does give Celtic that extra added bonus going into this game that if it's tight and touchy, the team with the most mental fortitude tend to go on to win the game. And for me, that is Celtic by a long stretch. If you're looking, you can look at the quality of the players and that each team have, and it, it might not be that much different. But when it comes to mental fortitude, you just need to look at the way that the Celtic players have approached press conferences in these games and approached um, being on top and being the leader and co- like, you know, watching Rangers try and catch them versus Rangers players in press conferences when they're asked about trying to catch them. It's just, it's night and day and how they seem to be approaching things. A hundred percent. And this is why I, I, th- I said that, you know, I think that this is a very interesting potential inflection point because everything you just listed, all the other things that we've already talked about, uh, the fact that it's at home, um, this lines up that we really should win this game. And I wouldn't say, you know, these are never comfortable, <laughs> but leaning towards the comfortable side, if everyone was fit, if, you know, um, the full squad was was available and the potential, and again, we don't know, but the potential for these absences, particularly in midfield, um, could be problematic and, and with Taylor. So I, I think that just naturally draws it a little closer. But even then, you know, again, it, probably from a really comfortable when you, one would reasonably expect, uh, maybe a little less comfortable, but still solid. And, and I think I'm not quite there. I, I, I think because of all these issues, um, I, I see that pathway of vulnerability and that's my nervousness. 
And and I, there were some echoes of that also in the cup final. And again, fortunately, I joked on Twitter uh, as soon as I saw the team sheet for Rangers, I was like, yeah, <laughs> uh, concerns alleviated. <laughs> like he clearly hadn't come up with the game plan. Um, and that, that's why I'm a little anxious coming out of this Dundee United game that I looked at because it looks like more along the lines of what I'm concerned about if they were to go this route. Mm. And, and I will say that the, the one player, because I agree with Alan, from, from generally speaking, I think the two people of, of creative initiative for them, one's a bit of an empty shell, a little bit as Cantwell, like he can pull it off sometimes, but I think against higher competition, it's a little shallow, shall we say, more flair than substance. Tillman's the guy, he's been awful against us in the games that he's played so far. Uh, so he has to prove it in this in this fixture. Um, but I've seen him enough. I, you know, I've seen him a little bit with the U.S. team. Uh, statistically, um, you know, he's he's posted the kind of output that's, you know, a guy coming in from Bayern Munich who's highly rated that maybe had issues at Bayern. And you know what I mean? Like the the pedigree's there. He's almost like an Edouard type. I'm not saying he's as good as Edouard, but you know what I mean? Like coming out of that kind of tier of talent he, he's been posting that so i think it's possible there now whether he's got it up in, in between the years in that environment with that team in this fixture that's again why it's going to be a big a big uh, a test for him but to me he's the, the the big fulcrum for them if if he's able to have some success i think that creates some matchup problems for us um and he's shown an ability to particularly you know, inside the box, when he gets in the box, he's very good um, with the ball inside uh, the opponent's eight, uh, p- penalty area. So, um, so he's the he's the key guy to me. You know, like if I'm Celtic, that's the guy I'm game planning around. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. I, had, I had a question for Alan. So what 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 do you? Because another thing I put in my piece was, <clears throat> you know, again fluid, but we definitely lean closer to a four two three one in Europe. Um, I mean that you know would be more pure four three three domestically leaned four two three one with you know Hatate kind of being more next to McGregor at times. I, I to me I could see that being particularly if we're going to be limited to Awada and McGregor in the same midfield. That strikes me as a logical tweak that we've already played. Um, O'Reilly's played in that role already in Europe. Um, so I don't know. What do you think about that, Alan? Is from a just from a chess piece perspective, based off of what I've described with what Rangers might set up. To me, having those two midfielders right there might might alleviate some of my concerns. For, for this game, you mean? Yeah, for this game. Yeah, yeah. For this game, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I just don't sense he'll tinker really, and even even in, even in that way, I still think that the, the objective will be to get five players in attacking positions as a minimum. Uh, and, and therefore, if you withdraw one too far, then you're you're kind of one down in that respect, and that that's like taking a step back. And I just don't think that's the mentality that Ange will want to send the players out on. I think you know, yeah. I, I I think this is a more important game, more about what it will say for the rest of the season, even than the impact it will have on this particular league title. Because Celtic should really should win the league from here anyway, whatever happens. Um, but if if Celtic were to and I don't even mean rack up a score. I don't even mean like three 0 no, four. If Celtic were just to win comfortably, like really limit them their chances, give them no oxygen at all, no hope. If Celtic were to do that, and that's re- that's a reasonable to expect at home, no away fans, etc. 
Um, I just think I just think that 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 really suffocates their hope for the semi final. Um, and then where do you go? I mean, because that, that, that squad's going to break up. I mean, Beal said it himself. It will be a completely different set of players next season, right? Mm. He said that already. So um, I, I just I, that's what I want to see. I don't care what the score is. I just want to see control, absolute control. But I don't think the way to do that will be to take a step back and play two deeper sitting midfielders. I think that. I think that encourages them on. I don't think that's what we want to do. Yeah, my, my, my thinking would be more so, again, because of everything that we've talked about with Bernabe, it would be almost mm. like a, a hybrid, meaning that you'd have Bernabe, let him go, and then you'd have the two, you know, Iwata <laughs> and McGregor in that three, along with yeah. Johnston, and then just let let, <laughs> let Bernabe cut loose going forward because I, I yeah. just don't see him being that good, to your point, giving the ball away. I mean, imagine him in that, two, three, five in that role that Taylor plays, giving the ball away in that area with Tillman on him and Kent, you know, within 20 yards. Um, I could, yeah. Uh, yeah, I could see, I could see Iwata playing as an eight on the left side and just being that insurance because he, you know, you can see he's a, he's, he's a defensive player. He, he sees danger. Very much so. Early. early. You can see, he, sometimes you'll see him accelerate because he sees a gap. Uh, defensively, and he doesn't necessarily. He's not. He's not necessarily a forward-thinking player. So I think, I, th- I think he's he's very good at passing the ball. He's a great ball pro- uh, progressor. He did pretty well on on Sunday, as I say, in that eight rows pack pass. He was decent, etc. So I'd be I'd I'd think that would be a good a good compromise. There's a bit of security on that left side um, to sort of like you say, if, if he sees if he sees Burnaby go and senses. Okay, well, they've left the wingers not gone with him. He's still there, you know. <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, to just to fill in a little bit, I think wouldn't be a big stretch mm. for him to do that. Whereas Moy, especially if you're going to play Moy and Iwata, uh, sorry, McGregor and Iwata, you really do want Moy to be the one that's breaking into the box of those three. Um, he's the most sort of capable of finding spaces. I think in the attacking third. So yeah, it's a tricky one. You know, we've got a bunch of injuries now. You know, we've been done pretty well for injuries this season compared to last. So um, can't complain. It's a big squad, etc. But they, they would do seem to have a few uh, at, this, at this end of the season. Maybe maybe, maybe training's been a bit too intense. I don't know. Mm. Maybe, um, these few, maybe these lads that, lads that have come up from the B team have been kicking them around the park. I don't know. Well, that, that could be it either. I thought what was interesting about because the camera angles obviously is much lower at Ross County is that you get a much better perspective on the size and shape of players. And I thought Iwata was such a physical presence as well as being controlling. He looked bulky. Like he, he looked like an absolute mm-hmm. unit in the center of midfield when you're looking at him from a proper angle, which is, I thought I, I didn't, I had him pictured as more of a small and stocky kind of guy, but he's actually nearly six foot tall and he's built like a, a brick horse as well. So, um, that's that's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm really really interested to see how he's going to fit into the game plan next season, not this season, but next season uh, mm-hmm. particularly. But uh, before we move on to the forward line, because I mean, O was just magnificent, magnificent against Ross County <laughs> for the 30 minute cameo that he was on, and I I think he's definitely you know catching the eye of fans at least that uh, well well say he's catching the eye of Ange as well. But just before we get onto the striking force on. The final 30 minutes of games have been really dominant for Celtic against teams, you know, bringing players off the bench and just burying them. Loads of Celtic goals have come in the last 30 minutes of games. Um, Does the fact that that generally happens against lower, less quality 
opposition. Does that play into how we look at that as something for Celtic in this game? Because as as I said, I think mentally Celtic have the advantage that if it gets to 60, 65, 70 minutes and a still nil all or still a draw, that I think mentally Celtic have the, the advantage there to go and get a win. But when it comes to the actual quality coming off the bench, then does do you think that matters against Rangers because they're a step up against the teams that those substitutes tend to make the biggest difference against? I think I think what it does is it just gives everybody in the squad uh, a confidence and a calmness to know that you know we've got a game plan, we've we've stuck to it through thick and thin all season. You know we've seen the the, the rewards for playing that way. So we've got confidence in it and in ourselves. And then, you know, even if things aren't going well, we've seen that if we stay calm and we don't panic, that eventually, either through changes or just through attrition, um, that we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get we'll get there in the end. And I think that that's the sense of that collectiveness that I, I get from I get from from the players and that they, that they trust in what they're doing and they trust in the in the process. To use that overused phrase. They trust in the, in the in the tactical setup, etc., and, and knowing that you look at the bench and, as I say, although you know, Bad is injured, uh, sadly, but you know other players like Haksabanovic and Owen Turnbull and so forth can come on and and really, you know, you'll get somebody will get you out the out the hole uh, by the end of the game. So I, I think that's the feeling I've got. A, that's just real, quite almost serenity and and, and kind of quiet. I mean, because there's been nothing out of Celtic this week, nothing, not a, not a peep. I think it's been oh, I like that. I like that. They'll just be absorbing all this feel-good pish, and just you know, just going about their business, um, and they'll do their talking on the pitch as they have done all season. So, uh, and as I say, it just comes from that sort of steely, calm determination. I think that, that there is about the place. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that you know, I'm sure the manager was was not happy after Saturday, uh, Sunday, sorry, against Ross County. That was it was in many ways a very, a very poor performance. But even then, you know, against the quality of Ross County, the couldn't do anything with the ball when the few occasions when they got it, despite all their great defensive work. Um, and they could they, they didn't have the energy after the 60th minute to keep the pressing up that they were that they'd done so successfully. Now this is going to be different, obviously, much better standard of player. Um, but I come back to, you know, some of them couldn't get themselves roused for a cup final, so a tricky tie with no fans to cheer them on against the champions yeah we'll, we'll see i guess hmm. i've just checked the weather forecast as well it's going to be sunny in glasgow and dry which i think suits it's it's it like going into this game todd cantwell will probably still wear gloves i'd imagine he's the type of player that wears <laughs> wears gloves and a long sleeve shirt even if they were playing in the middle of summer in you know jacksonville in america or somewhere like that but yeah uh, I, that that's a regardless. We'll move on to the what, forward line. What what, a, what an odd place to select out of America, <laughs> from Jacksonville. Where did that come from? <laughs> it's, it's it's a place that sounded hot in my head. It's in Florida, I think, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I guess it? yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. hot. Yeah. Yeah. But by by the way, so, I, I I I'd love I I just last one. I'd love I'd love to see to James's point about mix and and sort of you know, what what is it? I'd love to see us come up against a midfield that included Tillman, Ruskin, and Campbell. I would love that. I think that would be brilliant. Mm. That really suits Celtic. Let's talk about the forward line then, James, because, I mean, this... I, I've, I'm trying not to sound like 
a, a silly old fan who's bitter about Jack and Mac is leaving, and the guy, of course, the guy who comes comes in is better than him. Of course, he is, but oh, is much better than Jack and Marcus, and I, <laughs> I, I, I'm willing to hang my hat on that. I think um, I, I'd agree with that assessment relative to his all around game. I think it, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll um, it's yet to be determined. I think on on um, kind of finishing those Jackamacus style opportunities, um, which in fairness to oh, he, he hasn't had a huge amount um, yet. So yeah, I, 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 he he introduces I think a lot of interesting questions about because we've talked about this when he first arrived and we got a peek at him and I looked at him when we signed him is, you know, he does look more along the lines of a traditional uh, nine who will drop, you know, like a Harry Kane esque more, you know, more in that neighborhood uh, that's going to get involved and and build up that kind of thing. That seems to be his impulse. And he seems to the eye to be able to do it. Um, I think, and we've talked about it on here that that hasn't really been the way that Ange has used the strikers at Celtic, how much of that's by design, how, how much of it's an alignment of, you know, kind of utilization of skill set. We don't know. I mean, Kyoko's a pretty good player on the ball, and he hasn't been used that way that much. Um, so I think he'll, he'll, it'll be interesting to see how O kind of fits into that. Because, um, again, dropping into the midfield against Ross County is different than dropping into the midfield against Rangers. Um, so, yeah, I, I to me, he's it's not even close. Like, given his age profile, the, the, the talent that appears to be present, the physicality, um, the skill level, I mean, it, it looks like he's a, a real potential find. Um, mm. So that, that's why I was excited when I, I think I tweeted, you know, he'll, he'll make people say Jack Amakis who uh, went after I looked at him because I, I he looks that impressive. But again, he hasn't delivered, you know, to Jack Amakis uh, credit and to be fair to him, um, you know, he, he did score a lot of goals. Uh, so, you know, the proof will still be in the pudding for O, but yeah, he has me quite excited. Yeah, well, I mean, like Chekamak has finished as the top scorer, so it's it's definitely not to take away from what he did. But I think as an all-round player, from what we've seen of O so far, he is much more refined as a player. And I, I know the clip that was being shared quite widely was that long ball through where he takes it on the half turn and, and spins around. I mean, that, that, that sort of sums up where I was surprised at his strengths, that he's so, so comfortable at taking the ball in tight spaces and using his strength to hold off the defender. And I think that's something that's going to be real handy for Celtic going forward is and bringing the midfield into it more when things are tight, when teams are playing defensively, that he is there as an option to play really tight sort of five-a-side style of football where you're playing it into the forward and taking it off him again to get into the box. That That's the sort of option that he gives. It's sort of the modern way of playing as a striker. It's sort of what young Evan Ferguson does for Brighton at the minute. Um, and he's a similar sort of stature of a player at the minute for, for Brighton. So, yeah, very interesting times. I don't think he's going to start in this game, though, Alan. I think a lot of people want him to, but you can't <laughs> not start Kyogo in this game. No, no, that's just, I mean, what you've got to remember with Kyogo is his numbers are really impressive, but you have to remember that he only really plays the first 60 minutes of games, right? So he's racking up all his numbers against the freshest defences, against organised defences. He's, he's getting all of his, his XG and his shots and everything. He's getting them, you know, 
against the best of the opposition. He's not coming on with 30 minutes to go and, and get, you know, doing some great stat padding, which, you know, that's what Jack Amakis did. I mean, Jack Amakis' stats this season are insane, but it's all off the bench against tiring opposition. Same with O. I mean, O's already 1.7. He's only played like the equivalent of less than three games, but it's he's already on 1.7 expected scoring contribution for 90 minutes, which is just ridiculous. Um, you know, so listen, Kyogo, Kyogo does it week in, week out against against, you know, defenders whose brains and legs are switched on and are fit. And so he absolutely has to start. He's he's actually missed quite a few chances in the last two games. Um, but, you know, listen, he's, it's not like he's not getting he's not getting on, on the ball. It's not like he isn't getting on the end of these chances. That's That would be much more of a, a worry for me. So, no, he absolutely has to start. And I guess it, the decision is already made for the other two. It's going to be Jota and Maida, I guess, James, with a bad out injured. There's no real... Yeah, I mean, in theory, Haksabanovich with um, for Maida would be a. To me, it's not, but I think some people might make that case. Um, but yeah, I, I fully expect it to be those three. Um, I'd, I'd actually be pretty surprised if it's not. Hmm. So I guess, and as we sort of round this conversation out, then Alan, I'm not gonna. Not going to push us for a score prediction, but I guess if you want to give a overall prediction on the the way the match will go and how Celtic and the others will play. Yeah, well, listen, you know, Celtic are the the best team in the league. That nine points is probably a little bit generous for them. I think you know if you look at the sort of honest mistake series, I think you know if Celtic were another sort of four or five points ahead, that would probably reflect. Reality a little bit. Uh, it's difficult for Celtic to get more points than what they've got. They've only they've only dropped uh, five points the whole season. Um, you know they've got the best squad. They're playing a coherent, consistent style of football. They're at home. Um, you know there's no away fans. It's all it's all there. You know we we one thing we I don't think anybody expects is for to see a Celtic team that looks like it's coasting or taking the foot off the We just don't expect that any any week. We might not play well like on Sunday. You could never question uh, the players are trying their best, uh, etc. So, I, I, I do think you know Celtic are strong, strong favourites. What I want to see, as I said, is I don't really care what the score is. What I want to see is almost like total control. I want to see no hope really uh, given to them for the semi final. Um, I want to see us you know, snuff out and, and negate any sort of uh, attacking play that they have. And is, whether it's one nil or whatever, I don't really care. Is it's more of that control that I'm. I'm looking for and that sort of, you know, that sort of mental dominance, if you like, uh, that I think will then set us up nicely for the for the cup semi final. James, I, I'm actually in full agreement. I I, um, I, I think that's I, I'd be happy with a a one one draw. That that we uh, you know control the game. You know, let's say it's a, a lot of McGregor and and Moy and they maintain possession and maintain control of the game um which i think they that those three in midfield would would definitely lean towards that um yeah what i what i don't want to see is it getting into kind of a back and forth up and down chaotic game um because again i think they're the team with nothing to lose so to speak they're the ones that you know kind of have to pin their ears back and go for it um so i i think they're going to they're likely to come out more aggressive and um, physically at least, meaning that 
you know, going at us. I don't know if they're going to be high press, that kind of thing. So I think tactics are a question. But, you know, as far as like really being intense and going for it, I, I think that's the default expectation I have. And that's, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes. And then if they don't get anything out of that, then I'm a lot more comfortable that it'll the game will settle, we'll settle, and, you know, with our, our quality of, of people on the ball that will just kind of, you know, take over. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I think that this is – well, I've been making this prediction in the last couple of games that Celtic are going to go out and absolutely dominate them. But I genuinely think this might be the one that Celtic go out and absolutely boss them. It, it largely depends on the first goal. If it comes earlier, the longer it goes on, it might get a little bit more uh, hairy. David McKeown says that we scored early and their share price drops 14 pence. It's all good. Uh, Greg says that it's either going to be nil-nil or 2-2. Two, two, and I think that's all the sort of predictions I can see in the chat so far. But get your predictions into the comments. We'll still be uh getting back to you um, after the show has ended. So uh, get your comments going and like the video as well, if you can, while you're there. So I said I wasn't going to get a prediction for you. So I'll, I'll, we'll finish off the show with, we can't, we can't go out a Derby week without getting the score prediction. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I'm, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I guess a, a nice, a nice solid, no dramas, 2-0 would be, would be fine for me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I already slipped mine in. I'm going to say one-one, and I'd be happy with it, that, because okay. that that effectively will will kill the league as well. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with three-nil, and I'm disregarding the idea that they're probably going to get a penalty at some point in the game. But I'm going to I'm going to go with three-nil, <laughs> and that's that's my prediction for this game. Keep your predictions coming in on the YouTube channel if you want to get the podcast. Um, it is available on iTunes, Spotify. After the fact, if you've missed the show or want to uh, get the full thing or listen back to any of the other shows as well, uh, you can get it on iTunes, Spotify, or you can watch the whole thing back on YouTube as well. If you're subscribed to the channel, um, just uh, go back and watch some of the videos. So we will be back next week with a review of this game. Hopefully it will be Celtic 12 points clear at that point in time, and hopefully it will be a win. And hopefully that we, we won't be coming back to this asking what went wrong i think that's the the key thing that i don't want to be discussing on the youtube channel or on the podcast next week but we shall wait and see alan james thanks very much good stuff thanks guys enjoy the game have a good weekend cheers and we shall chat to you next week good luck Don't you bet?
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.